Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, and so we have lots of love stories for you today. But, um, I just wanted to tell you a couple things. Um, I'm probably going to be taking this weekend off. Um, you know, every time I say, um, I just hear Will saying, if you have production notes, you wouldn't be saying that. Anyways, uh, um, speaking of William, he will be joining me um, for a segment, at least one segment in the next episode. Honestly, it'll probably just be the one he prefers. He much prefers to be behind the scenes, except for um, with, with our YouTube show, which we'll get into more of that later. So... Yesterday, we ended the episode, or yesterday, in the last episode, I should say, we ended it by talking about Jesse Smollett. And um, the whole thrust of that um, story was that some stations were reporting fake news that the Chicago PD was looking at Jesse Smollett as the one who perpetrated the attack on himself and that this was all a hoax so that he wasn't written off of Empire. The Chicago uh, PD beat that down, um, and they they did it again today um, because the reports just were persistent that <clears throat> um, they were looking at Jesse as someone who perpetrated a hoax, um, and I don't have their full statement in front of me, but basically they said, we are treating this as though Jesse Smollett is a victim and not a suspect. We have two people in custody who are suspects. And that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. So, they've arrested two men, um, two Nigerian men. And, you know, that would have that been enough. But there's a twist to this that the, at least one of the suspects appeared on Empire more than 10 times. Now, Empire is a very big show and it's been going on for a year or so. Um, I think they're in their fifth season, so they they have to have at least 80 episodes by now. Um, but, so why is this such a big story? The, the reason why um, a lot of people are saying this is because now the MAGA people are like, see, they're black. It was black on black violence. It wasn't one of us racists. Okay, they're not actually saying that. But essentially that's what they're saying. And I think what we're all forgetting is, despite the fact that Donald Trump is a racist, and he does say racist things, there are still some people of color who support him. Especially people um, from countries where women are supposed to be subservient. Um, Nigeria is one of those, uh, and the, 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 I don't know what to call it, maybe the masculine code, or the, the way they view gay men in Nigeria is very poor, um, I might be confusing this with another country, but I'm pretty sure that Nigeria was actually going through and killing gay men, so to say that Nigerians are homophobic would be an understatement here. 
the fact that he that this dude appeared on Empire somehow makes people think that he and Jesse were friends. Guess what? I appeared in the same mall as Jesse Smollett on the same day. I'm pretty sure if I went up to him, he would look at me and be like, who the fuck are you? Um, I talk about him. I've done a full deep dive episode of, of his situation. Just because someone works on his show doesn't mean they know one another. Um, you know, it, people really just want this to be a hoax because they don't want to deal with the fact that homophobia is real, racism is real, racism within communities is real. You know, they're, um, it, it's really prevalent in the black community. I'm not going to speak on it because uh, I'm a white man and I don't know everything about it, but I do, you know, I, I've seen how it affects people. Even in the, with the, with white people, you know, it depends on various things as to how we are perceived. I live in Manhattan, and, you know, people look at me like, oh, you must have money. No, bitch, I'm dirt poor, but I'm not going to live in Brooklyn. I mean, if I, if I wanted to live in a swamp, nasty-filled place, I would have stayed in Detroit. And I'm going to go, and I will be right back. Hey guys, it's breaking news. Um, I was just researching the next segment. Um, and I just wanted to break in and, and I know this is not actually a radio show, but I just wanted to do a really quick, um, snippet segment to let you know that Jesse Smollett's alleged attackers, um, have been arrested for attempted murder before, which leads me to believe that this is not, this is not a... Um, hoax that they actually really did attack him, and as I said in the um, in the previous segment, just because they worked on Empire does not mean that they were gay friendly, and does not mean they were friendly with Jesse. This, uh, like I said, this is a breaking development. I'm gonna stay on top of it. Keep an eye out on Twitter, um, at author Ed A, Facebook at author Ed Anderson. Instagram, same thing. Um, also, look for um, Vocal.media. I'm going to be posting, if anything happens in the next couple of days, I'll post an article up there. And I will try to cut in, or, or I will try to record anything that I can. Again, this is breaking news. Jesse Small's alleged attacker was arrested for, in 2011 for attempted murder. Um, I believe, although the details are quite murky at this point, it does seem to be indicating that the the other victim was also a gay man. I will stay on top of this and bring you all the latest developments. And I'm back. So, before we get into um, into talking about the next segment, I've decided temporarily to stop talking about Cardi B. Now, if she does something smart, like she was doing those political videos, um, and something that's actually noteworthy, yes, I will talk about her. However, um, after her faux breakup with Offset, um, and the the drama that went along with that, that was a reality star stunt. 
in order to promote new, her new music and whatnot. And I'm not going to get involved in that sort of shit. Um, so Cardi B is officially on the Do Not Talk About list. This, that'll change eventually. Um, like I said, if she, if she does something like um, another political video or gets into a fight with, with somebody or um, her beef with Nicki Minaj gets going, fine. But until something like that, I'm not talking about her in Offset because... Mm-mm. No, just now. Um, <clears throat> someone else who I actually, for a long time, I refused to talk about was Katy Perry. Um, it, the reasons were different, though. I just felt like Katy Perry was everywhere. And there's a rule in, in all sorts of writing, but particularly in pop culture and gossip writing, that if people are everywhere, that means they're getting page views, and you're supposed to write the same story, and... Um, with just a slightly different angle. I have a real problem with that. Like, I have no problem taking a big story and and bending it to an angle that I like. But using the same quotes and everything as all these other stories and whatnot, it just really bugged me. And I think that's what set Generation Gossip apart um, when I had that. And it's hopefully what's setting Drunk Gossip apart now. That and I don't have a filter so there's that anyways Katy Perry got engaged to Orlando Bloom on Valentine's Day so yay congratulations you guys you know I always talk like they listen to us because I'm pretty sure that someone does um anyways so yes they're engaged hopefully we get more naked trips where Orlando Bloom just shows off his massive cock Um, I'm not gonna lie that is probably one of the only reasons why I like him. <laughs> this is why Will doesn't want me actually drinking during shows anymore. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, but along with getting engaged yesterday, Katy Perry did something else. She dropped a new single called 365 with Zed. And... She was getting a lot of praise lavished on her for being so bold and dropping a single when there's no element sight. And I wrote an article yesterday called The Unintentional Gaga Trend. And in it, I talk about how Lady Gaga was actually the first pop diva. Now, she's, she was far from the first person to ever do this. Um, but she was the first A-list, high-tier pop diva to drop a single just to drop a single. It was right after Julianne came out and didn't do quite as well as they had hoped. Um, she had released Perfect Illusion, which I think barely cracked the top ten. Um, and then um, the follow-up single A Million Reasons, which I'm working on a book and play about or with that as the inspiration barely, just barely cracked the top 40. But when she released The Cure, it shot, like, it shot into the top 40 and it stayed there for, like, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. 
So who is a bona fide hit? Um, but back to Katy Perry. You know, the, the song is actually really great. I actually love the song. And it's been so long since we've had a Katy Perry song that it's like, oh, welcome back. You know, um, I forgot what CD it was. But there, one of her CDs, it was just like, oh my God, can this bitch go away? It was like the Rihanna situation. Like, it was oversaturation and people got sick of it. Um, but, you know, when she released, I didn't really like change the rhythm. But I love Swiss Swiss. Um, and, you know, I think there was a little bit of a disappointment that that album, the whole Witness album, didn't do quite as well as they had wanted it to do. Uh, but, you know, the, it happens. Um, there's a really famous Alanis Morissette story, and I'm, I'm going to just share this really fast before I go. Um, Alanis was... Just at the peak of Jagged Little Pill. And I, I forgot who she was talking to. Maybe it was Rosie O'Donnell or one of those talk show hosts. And she re- she related this story. She said that she was talking to her manager and her manager said, Okay, Jagged Little Pill sells 10 million. The next one sells 5 million. The one after that says, sells 1 million. That's how you build a career. Stopping after you sell 10 million is not a career. And I think that's really profound. And I think um, Gaga, Katy Perry, and Ariana Grande all need to hear that. You know, you have to just keep working, keep putting these out. Even if the sales are declining, you're still building your career. You're still building a fan base. Um, I want to say congratulations to Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. On your engagement, and Katie, the song is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back. So, some of um, <laughs> this is gonna come as a real big surprise. And if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, well, then that's your problem. Um, I love rom coms. You know, it's taking me every bit of willpower I have not to rush out and see Isn't It Romantic with Rebel Wilson. And Liam Hemsworth because it, it, it's just my kind of movie. Um, it's the same thing with what uh, what men want. Um, Taraji P Henson is a goddess, and it looks like a really smart, fun comedy. And this is a really lousy segue, guys. I'm so sorry. In my head, it worked much better. Um. But the queen of rom-coms, well, the former queen of rom-coms, Meg Ryan, um, did an interview with the New York Times. I I don't know what she's promoting. Maybe don't get so much Botox. (laughs) It it sounds mean, but does anyone remember when Meg Ryan was actually very pretty? Uh, Once upon a time, for those of you that don't know, Meg Ryan was... Queen of the box office. If she wasn't... If she wasn't literally queen... She was damn close. Um, you knew what you were getting with a Meg Ryan movie. Uh, she was married to Dennis Quaid. And... It was just a... You know, a simpler time. 
then it was revealed that she was cheating on Dennis Quaid, and they broke up. And this left a whole mess. And it left her career in, in tatters. <clears throat> and people no longer bought her as this sweet, genuine America sweetheart type. Now, some people will argue that she had grown out of it. And maybe she had. But personally, I think she, there was a few more movies left in her. But people just stopped caring. And it was around this time where Julia Roberts was really big. But Julia Roberts was very smart. She knew rom-coms were her bread and butter. But she also branched out and she was doing different types of movies. But Meg Ryan just did a whole slew of the same type of thing. Which is great for branding but also kind of pigeonholes you. So, <coughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry about that. Would it be a good episode if I didn't sneeze or cough or burp or fart? <laughs> anyway, so Meg Ryan, queen of the rom-coms, career dead after cheating on her husband. Uh, in recent years, she's been trying to make a comeback. Uh, most people don't actually know this, but... There was a pilot for a spinoff of How I Met Your Mother called How I Met Your Dad. And Meg Ryan was going to take over the narrating duties from Bob Saget. And the the first spinoff didn't go anywhere. Um, I don't even remember if they got to the pilot stage. I know for sure that they hired her. The second time they got it together after How I Met Your Mother ended, um, it did go to pilot and she was cast again as the narrator. Um, but it was a CBS passed on it. So they've been working and trying to get this together. Eventually, I think what's going to happen is they're going to be able to bypass CBS and go to straight to Netflix, which is where they want to be. With a show like that, that's where you want to be. Anyways, <laughs> I've spent four minutes not even telling you what the hell Meg Ryan did. <laughs> Only I can get away with that, guys. Hopefully you don't hate me too much for that. Anyways, um, my, my excuse is I did the breaking news segment and I got completely distracted and could not, for the life of me, figure out what the hell I was doing. Anyways, um, so Meg Ryan told New York Times, who, who was interviewing her for some reason, maybe just the interviewer, that she has not been back to um, Katz's, De- Katz's Delicatessen, where she filmed the infamous fake orgasm scene and when Harry met Sally. But she, she doesn't really elaborate or say why she hasn't been back there. Uh, maybe it's just... Maybe she didn't have a good time filming, which doesn't make sense because she's worked with Tom Hanks quite a few more times after that. I mean, obviously, one co-star doesn't make or break your your experience. Uh, but, you know, or maybe she just doesn't want to go back there because she doesn't want to have to always make the fake orgasm sound. And if, ladies, if you have to fake an orgasm, find a new dude. 
All right, I'm gonna go fake an orgasm and get some sand drink. I will be right back. All right, so you guys just missed me slapping myself in the forehead. Um, because I, all week we've been doing drunk writing and tonight's not any different. But I was trying to figure out where in the world, how I was going to connect what I wanted to talk about to the world of celebrity. And so then I, 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 I draw inspiration from one very classy lady. Her name is Anne Rule. When I was a kid, I say kid, when I was 14, 15 years old, maybe a little bit younger, I wouldn't, no younger than 13, um, I read a book called A Rose for Her Grave by Miss Anne Rule, and it was, it was my first exposure to true crime. And I remember I read that book forwards and backwards, and my parents had no idea why I loved the book so much. Partly because it, there was a lot of sex in it, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> she didn't, it wasn't graphic, it was very, you know, they got naked, and then do-do-do-do, whatever. It was no Jackie Collins, who I also read when I was a kid. Um, but anyway, so... I, but I never thought of myself as being a true crime writer. Because it takes a lot of research, and, you know, I'm not a research kind of person. Even now, like, I'm... Um, Will is helping me start a fantasy book. A fantasy project, I should say. It's going to be a trilogy. Um, there's no plans for publication at this point. I'm, I'm kind of debating if I'm going to send it out to a traditional publishers or, or self, um, self-publish. That's all way far out. I'm not even thinking about that at, at this stage. But what I am thinking about, the book I am thinking about, which is going through an editing phase right now, it's called Love You to Death. And it's my very first true crime book. And as I, excuse me, as I have worked on piecing together, for a long time I was trying to mimic Anne Rule's style. Because she was a very, very brilliant writer. And just like with the, um, with my love of Jackie Collins, I realized, yes, Jackie Collins is also a very brilliant writer, but it's not my style. I have to do things that are my style and make it work my way. You know, it's fine to take inspiration from Anne Rule and Jackie Collins, but I have to do it, I have to do things that feel right to me. And my style, as you guys can tell, because I I put out a new episode of Drunk Gossip every single night, or at least I have for the last two weeks, is very gossipy, very like, oh my god, girl, can you believe this shit? Um, and so that's, what, that's what's happening with Love You to Death. I wanted to get it out for Valentine's Day, um, just kind of as a, like, a fuck you to, to everyone. But then I realized I'm actually happy with where I'm at. Um... And, you know, it, it's just such a great, great feeling. And I want 
when I put out my when I put out Love You to Death, I actually want this to be a start of a new career for me. I I've been writing true crime articles. My very first true crime article came out last goodness. Um last September or so. Um, it's called The Forgotten Scam. And it was all about the McDonald's scam where the dude was stealing the prizes and selling them for a percentage of the, the whatever the prize was. And when I did that, I was like, oh, like, this is really cool. You know, I can kind of... I can kind of see maybe making this into a book. And I'm, I'm, I'm still working on that. I... What I always do is I try to see what the interest level is. And there was a really high interest level, especially with my take on the on it. So I'm I haven't started my preliminary research yet because so much other stuff going on. Um but with Love You to Death, I already knew that there was. With the forgotten with the forgotten scam. I just, I didn't really think about it being a crime. Um, even, I know it was, people were charged and whatever. But it was just one of those things where kind of like, hmm, okay, yeah, I can, I, I can see this being any number of things. But with Love You to Death, it's all about people being murdered. And, you know, you have Dateline, 48 Hours, um, 48 Hours... Did I say that twice? I think I did. Um, ABC's 2020. They all do these kind of stories. And the reason why they do them all over and over and over again, the reason why the ID channel exists is because people love true crime. Um, but you know, and I... I was just like, what the actual... You know, it doesn't make any sense to me, like... <clears throat> but then I I started getting into it. Um, and I'm going to tell you about one really fast. So one of the articles that... Or one of the pieces that I wrote was of, from my home state of Michigan. Um, St. Joseph's Township. And it, I actually have a special kind of connection to that because my friend who passed away, Taisha, and I went on a road trip down to St. Joseph because she got a ticket on her way back from Chicago and she had to um, go down to the courthouse and and fight the ticket, so she asked me to go with her. Anyway, so in, in St. Joseph, uh, a guy came home from the Army, was celebrating New Year's Day with his, or New Year's Eve with his dad, left to go home to his pregnant wife. Or, uh, he went, he left to go home to his wife who had just had a baby. And was killed. And with beta, like, as I was reading all these articles and getting all the research together, I reached out to the St. Joseph Police Department and just gathering all this information. And I realized, like, even though I knew 
what happened, piecing it together and bringing it all together into this symphony of wonderfulness really kind of was so thrilling to me. So ultimately, um, just so I can wrap this up, so because again, this this went ten minutes. I'm very sorry, guys. Anyway, so ultimately, it was revealed that the wife had taken a lover because she was also in the army, and while she was stationed overseas, she hooked up with this dude. They came back to the states. They found out that they were actually on the same base in Georgia. They kept fucking. She wanted to get rid of her husband, but she didn't want a divorce because with a divorce, she wouldn't get anything. But if he died, if he was killed in this random act of violence, the army would pay her benefits plus life insurance money. So she probably walked away with about half a million dollars. Her and her lover now are standing trial. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be found guilty. Uh, but that's the sort of thing that you can look forward to when Love You to Death comes out. And that's how I started writing True Crime. Um, and the, so uh, just just the so there's no hanging threads here. I, as I was trying to find a way to connect it to Anne Rule and a a newsworthy story, I looked I looked her up and realized she wrote The Stranger Beside Me which was about Ted Bundy, who has been trending lately because Zac Efron is playing him in a new movie, and Netflix actually had to yell at people and say, stop fantasizing about a serial killer. What the actual fuck? I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I am back. Um, so just so you know, I while I'm not planning on recording any new episodes this weekend. Of course, if something breaks, I will cover it because that's who I am. Um, but do look for the drunk, uh, drunk rating compilation episode. And I'm also going to be trying to put together um, probably another deep dive. I don't know if that's going to come this weekend or if it'll come sometime next week. My guess, it, and this is just, as always, me being completely honest with y'all because I love you. Look for it probably next week. Uh, I'm tired. I have a lot of writing to get done. And I have some production stuff to do with Will. So there's a lot going on. That being said, the Ryan Adams story has not slowed. And this is probably the story that I'm going to do a deep dive on. Because I should. (laughs) So let's let's talk about it. If you remember, we talked about um, the big breaking story, I believe, on Wednesday was that Ryan Adams was accused by seven women of sexual harassment and emotional abuse. One of those women was his ex-wife, Mandy Moore. Um, another of the women was a 16-year-old girl, well, a 15-year-old girl, at the time, she's now 20, who said that he would constantly ask her age, but then never ask the CID or anything 
and asked her to take pictures of her tits and pussy. Gross. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as a gay man. Although, yes, I am. I'm also saying it as someone who wants to know what do you see in a 14, 15 year old girl? And clearly, and I said this on Wednesday night, and I, it's something I just truly believe. Clearly, you knew something was off. Whether it was the age, whether it was um, the, the way she looked or something. He knew something was wrong. Period. I asked people their age one time. And if they say, oh, I'm 19... I say, all right, I want to see your ID. Because that's just the appropriate thing to do. Prove to me how old you are. You know, I... There's a sting operation that happens where... The cops will look... Will will put up a funny profile on, like, Craigslist or... um, Grindr or whatever dating app... Posing as someone underage. When you go to meet them, they'll arrest you. I know this because I was doing a story on it. And one of the prisoners... Well, I was doing a, 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 a story on sex offenders. And one of, the, one of the prisoners relayed this story to me that, you know, he got caught up in this. And whatever... Not a good look, but, you know. And in in his case, he actually didn't know or did believe that he was going to meet someone underage. It's like to catch a predator. And I just, you know, and I've asked him, why in the world would you do this? Like, that doesn't make any kind of sense. And there's no real answer for it. I'm sure that if if we asked Ryan Adams, um, and we just stopped with the denials and all that and just said, hey, it's a thing that happened, tell us why. He would tell us that, you know, it was a thrill or it was whatever. I don't know um, I don't know why people would deal with that like I, I just anyways he's not under investigation for those text messages on the FBI is investigating him and along with the FBI investigating him they are, um, many more has come out and said, hey, look, not cool, bro, not, you know, uh, and she also said that if, if it, if it helps get him help or helps these women who were sexually harassed and, uh, whatever by him get the justice that they deserve, 
then it was totally worth it. Again, this is a breaking story. We're going to keep on top of it. Um, I'm going to keep on top of the Jesse Smollett story. I will bring you any and all details as soon as I can. But until next time, I'm going to raise my martini glass and say cheers. Cheers.